be assured you're insured. We're speaking to buyers, sellers, landlords, tenants all day, and we've got something to tell you about insurance when we're speaking with them, what we talk about. It's Hefe, or should I say, uh, Mr. Miyagi of... <laughs> Who'd you call me Hefe? What's Hefe? Hefe's chief in Spanish, man. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm going to teach you some Spanish one day at a time, yeah. man. I think, so I think multicultural. <laughs> wow. Well, well, we will go. Good buddy, you. Melting, mate. I'm melting like a block of cheese out in the sun right now. Woo! It's only 23 degrees, but it feels thick. It feels humid today. It's very, very humid today. But on um, on the topic of commercial, what we love to talk about on a Saturday, you and I, um, here's me again, being the student, you being uh, the mastermind or the sensei to it all, me wanting to learn a bit more from you. And I've been... Um, you know, during during the course of my my interactions with people, the, the different deals that I go sealing here and there, you know, building insurance. Building insurance is definitely something that pops up. Um, well, a lot of all the different types say, and I guess it's not just commercial, but yeah, when it comes to property and people are talking to us real estate agents, they're sort of asking the common insurance questions. Now we're not we're not insurance consultants or brokers, but we can sort of point people in the right direction. Absolutely. And the common, there's common questions out there that we want to talk about and expose today. Definitely. And seeing as how it's uh, obviously a non-negotiable factor, and again, as you would have said, it's similar to home insurance, we're going to break it down into almost like six things that you need to know about this insurance. Now, uh, commercial property insurance covers you for what you can't control. Let's elaborate on that one. Yeah, so why would you get insured? Like, you can be overinsured. Yeah. yeah you and you can. can be underinsured and you can be non in not insured. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely something that um, you don't want to be, especially when you're you're in control of an asset, especially if you've got, for instance, a tenant in place in your property. It's definitely um, like a crucial factor to look to explore into into great detail because yep. you know, you're you're running with factors here that again they're they're out of your control. You know, it's like car insurance, for instance. You know, it's it's it, it, the the price of it is so high, and you question a lot of the time. But it's there for your security. It's there for the what ifs, the when ifs, um, and it's extremely crucial in a property that does get utilised a lot, um, or it, especially as well. It could even determine uh, based on the type of property, the age of the property. Um, so there's certain factors there. Do you care to elaborate on that one for me, Mark? Yeah, and also um, the um, I think what you brought up in car insurance is a car can be a fifteen thousand dollar asset, or a car can be a twenty five thousand dollar asset. A property is a five hundred thousand dollar asset or a million dollar asset. So if you consider the insurance for a property, it's a lot cheaper than a car. But everyone's happy to insure a car, or everyone's always you know having whinge about about the level of insurance you pay, but. It's actually quite cheap when you look at insurance, but I think from the top, you've got your structure that you can insure, 
Uh, next tier down, you've got your contents that you can insure. Next tier down, you've got your tenants you can insure. Yeah. If the tenant goes bad or if they go into arrears, and you can assure, insure that as well. I also think having an agent is a form of assurance, insurance assurance, where if you're paying an agent to manage your asset, I think that there's certain markers and certain, certain things there that are going to increase your odds of it not going wrong. So I know there's certain insurance companies out there that actually will not insure you if you're not managed by a real estate agent because they know that it's going to be run in a professional-like manner. Mm. Um, but sorry, what was your question there? Oh, no, it was, it was just a matter of diving a little bit deeper into that one of, one of the first categories we're looking at. But I think now we're, we're kind of weaseling over to number two and, and it's the fact that landlord and tenant insurance, there's differences there, there's key differences um that that both parties um have to explore obviously um let's look into that one i think a little bit more as well yeah so i think with as as a landlord um you want to make sure i guess that if the property's damaged look fire is a big one floods a big one um storms lately or you know with floods and that have been have been a massive one for the northern beaches um And I think you want to you want to be insured there. I, I'm towards the end of the show. I do want to talk about being insured correctly because I think there's people that make mistakes within that. Yeah. Um, our landlords don't realise that they think they don't need contents insurance um, because they think a plasma television um, of a tenant or um, jewellery and stuff is contents, but it's not. Um, landlords are going to be uh, very very sure that they're insuring. The contents inside the property which comes down to stuff like uh, the kitchen cupboards um, appliances um, there's things there that are that, that are you know you want to be insured as well so if there is a flood uh, or if there is you know roof damage and what it comes through or to re-carpet re-curtain put in kitchens and do stuff as well so a big note out there from today is to just make sure you've got that, that insurance, that uh, the contents uh, and the building insurance is going to do both, which then mm-hmm. arches us over to tenant's insurance. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and with tenant insurance, um, and I think one of the, the minimum requirements uh, for a tenant obviously starting into a commercial property is uh, public liability insurance. Um, that's just the bare yeah. bones minimum. Um, and of course, I think a lot of the time as well, there are some tenants that don't actually explore as well contents insurance, um, you know, for, you know, for many different factors. And it's a situation that I dealt with at the end of last year and not naming any names or anything like that, but a property of ours, you know, great tenant. And it's, it's one of these things where different parts of the building, you know, not being tenanted, they kept vacant. You've got a burst pipe, water leak start streaming down between floors it's something you don't expect it's something that you don't want but here it happens it starts to obviously affect some of the contents that you've got down in the property that you're utilizing and so therefore it's it's a bit of a scary notion um and and you've, you've got a tenant that's very nervous it's very you know what do i do who do i speak to you know help 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 you know and i think it's all about as well if your property is being managed by an agent or an agency it's it's knowing that there's that professional help that's going to jump straight to it and assist yep. when need be. Yeah, and look, it can add up to a lot. I know um, as a commercial tenant in our last premises, 
uh, we used to consistently have a water leak and it doesn't take much for stuff to add up. So we we had an insurance policy which was, which was a couple of hundred thousand bucks for contents and it actually winds up really, really quickly when you look at, you know, getting all this stuff fixed. Um, yeah. One thing knocks on to the next thing, knocks on to the next thing. So I think um, definitely... Uh, the li- public liability is a big one. So that's if some- somebody slips on a banana skin. Um, a landlord insists that it- in the commercial property, uh, a landlord insists the tenant has public liability insurance um, in, a- in a commercial property, and that gets checked on an annual basis and submitted to the managing agent in the event of something going wrong. And there's a claim like someone slips on a banana skin, breaks their neck, um, then you know, the, there's insurance there for it. Uh, and more so on what people don't realise on, on residential, particularly with strata, um, your strata takes out the insurance. But people are always whinging about strata insurance, but strata insurance does cover public liability as well. Um, most of the time, check on your own policy, but um, that, that softens that blow a little bit for strata schemes because you do have your insurance policies built in there. Alrighty, alrighty. Now, uh, the topics three and four that we're uh, kind of basically going to tie in together, but I'm going to say them anyway. So commercial property insurance costs can uh, vary widely. And I think we were touching on that a bit as well. And of course, uh, brokers can offer essentially great advice because as we mentioned, we're not brokers ourselves, but it's yep. always good to seek the advice from a broker and, and not more so now than obviously going to a bank, they can offer a wider variety of um, options or different, different options to explore. So what do you yep. think about that? Yeah, it's a good point. I think a lot of people are aware of the mortgage industry. You can get a, you can get a mortgage from a bank or you can get a mortgage from a, a, a mortgage broker. Um, insurance is the same thing where you, you can get insurance directly from an insurer, but you can also get a broker to hunt around for you. Now, I do have to say, um, if it's probably your bread and butter stuff, like Terry Shearer insurance we, we use and we recommend for uh, tenants insurance for landlords. So if a landlord... Um, wants to insure themselves up to 15 uh, weeks in default in rent. If a landlord wants to insure themselves, I think it's about $35,000 in malicious damage to the property. They can use Terry Shearer. They're paying about 400 bucks a year. Um, it's a one-off payment per year. Um, but when it gets a little bit more complex and you can't get that off-the-shelf product, generally a commercial property fits into that. I reckon a broker is a good idea and then your tenant profile also changes as well because um, with um, commercial, if you've got a tenant that's rated as risk, uh, medium risk, high risk, uh, and the insurance companies doesn't know about that because they, you know, they're just running a standard insurance policy, you cannot be insured. Um, so uh, tattoo parlours, for instance, yeah. you can think it's got a great rent by putting in a tattoo parlour and that tattoo parlour as a tenant has fallen outside of policy with your insurance policy. There's a fire, you're not insured. Um, you know, if you paint, if you're a paint shop, you've got chemicals on site, you can fall outside of an insurance policy. So a broker on an annual basis will often poke <laughs> pokes around, asks the question, makes you fill out the form and then gets the correct policy for you. 
Fantastic, fantastic, and that's that's a good one to know about tattoo parlors. Because I mean, being being somewhat of a junior in the industry, that's something that I definitely had to experience in uh, one of the deals of last year, for instance, um, looking to put a private tattoo studio in in a, in a small space, and it's incredible at just how high uh, the building insurance premium increased with just with with just that alone. Um, and it's it's sometimes a bit of a yeah, it can go from three grand to thirty grand on the on on the on the chain on the pro depending on what your tenant does for business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all it, those cosmetic tats, cosmetic tattoos, no, but yeah. um, art, artist tattoos on the body, yes, it's weird. It's really yeah. weird. Weird, a bit of a stigma there in the industry, but it's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, number five. Um, there are some things that um, your insurance won't cover. Is that right? course and what are they what, what, what let, let, let's 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 look into that one look i think the loopholes or things you've got to watch out for are um flood i often hear um so if 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 they're um flood and storm is, is a bit of a funny one um i again i've some reason i've been affected a lot in my life by uh water coming into their house or through the floor or whatever and um Flood's an unusual one because um, it, it's it's it depends on the style of event you're insured for. So I, I think you want to be when you take out your policy, you don't just want to be asking the questions about dollars. You want to be asking like you want to be thinking what can possibly happen to me here, whether it's fire, um, flood, um, storms. A good one to ask if it's a natural disaster. Or if it's a man-made event, you know, from water, um, that can be two different determinations as well. So, I, I think when you get definitely when you're getting insurance policy, just make sure you, the, the the things that, that that are most likely to happen that you're going to be insured for. Because sometimes when you fall outside of policy, and they say you know they say did you read the policy? No one reads the policy. So I think you just you know got to really check and ask the questions. And look, if you can read the policy, it's a bloody good idea. I think you'd be surprised. But then again, a broker, a broker will 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 often read between those lines for you. And you know what? When you add up all your insurance through a year, that's when it, that's when you start thinking, Jesus, I actually didn't realise by the time I pay health insurance, property insurance, car insurance, that insurance, it's a fair chunk of your money gone. So you want to make sure you're insured correctly. Absolutely. And that was there, there again, that was part number six of things to know. It's a matter of obviously doing your due diligence and it's diving deeper and understanding what you're covered, what you're not covered by and, and knowing the right insurance. Um, and it's definitely the benefit of seeking advice from multiple parties, not just from the one and not pretending to know it all. Um, you know, as agents, you know, we know, we try to do the best that we can to, to push people, I think, in the right direction as opposed to trying to answer everything ourselves. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's definitely what's to do here when it comes, especially when it comes to commercial property, because as the example at the start there, a car versus a, a you know, five to a million dollar asset is a, is a big deal. Um, so that that's that's me trying to absorb from you, like usual on a Saturday, Mark. The the, the good thing. And, and don't forget, guys, that they these insurance brokers they insure often when it comes claim time. They insure a third party to minimise the loss, right? So this this is this is what um, this is what people have got to understand. They insure often insure a third party 
to minimise the loss. What does that mean? It means you'll get someone coming through your home or whatever's insured and they are looking for reasons to pay less out. That's their job. And they'll get paid probably in most circumstances. The more they chop off the original claim, the more they get paid. I would, you know, so you've got to be really, really careful um, that you are, that what, what you are saying is substantiated. And what I mean by that, that you don't, like for a car, for example, if you're saying it's garage, it's garaged and it sits outside on the street and the car's stolen and they, they, have, they get a witness that says the car's been sitting on the street for the last year, well, you weren't garaging the property, you could not be insured potentially. So I think, you know, just, mate, just bear in mind that when that claim is made, um, that, you know, someone will come out and try to chop down that claim to as small as possible. And you think to yourself that they are there with angel wings um, and they are there to save your day, but uh, often not. You know, they're there to minimise loss. They're running a business as well. So it's actually, don't, and don't think a cheque's just going to be written out and all this hunky-dory. They will drag it out. They will chop it down. They will water it down. Um, more often than not. So you've got to be, um, it's, it's going to be a job for you to make a claim and they make it, a, I think insurance companies make it a job a little bit. Um, yeah, I think um, I think uh, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my uh, clients, particularly the higher wealth clients, use Chubb um, insurance and, and they've got, uh, for home insurance, and they've got a reputation for being good payers. Um, I certainly remember when I was in a hotel room in a bad storm um, and everyone in the hotel was storm damaged and storm affected people. We'd, we'd be sitting around the uh, the uh, bar and, ever, and and the people that were with Chubb were pretty were pretty happy, pretty chuffed because um, <laughs> there was no it was a no questions asked. But you do yeah. pay the premium. They're all paying yeah. through the nose for the policy. So you know, I, I think cheap, tight ass policy careful that you're going to be inside policy and looked after when claim time comes on your property. Yeah, yeah, that's bloody interesting. I think if, if, the, if I'm ever, hope to God I'm not, but if I'm ever in a situation like that, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes peeled, looking at everyone around me and seeing who's the calm one and who's not. Yeah. <laughs> but look, Mark, it's great talking to you as always on a bloody Saturday and racking your brain and getting to know the, the deeper parts of things. Thank you so much, Sensei. Oh, sorry, this morning's word, hefe. So don't forget that one. I'll definitely be uh, teaching you more. <laughs> but yeah, look, thank you for everyone who joined in this morning. It's always good to see people actually jumping on, looking at what we've got to talk about, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we dabble on these topics on a daily. Um, and for, for us, it can, you know, just be one of those just passing topics. But for some people, it's really crucial knowledge and they want to know. 661 topics. We're still not bored and we still haven't run out of stuff to talk about. We definitely won't be. We just got to start getting more and more creative. Look out. Look out. <laughs> see you, legend. See you, Mark. Take care, mate. Bye. Yeah, see you, Mark. Bye bye.